Hey, I'm Stephen Hovatter, the lead minister at Central Church of Christ in Little Rock, Arkansas. Our goal as a church is to follow Jesus together. So we gather on Sunday mornings for Bible study at 9 a.m. and worship at 10, 15 a.m. And you'd always be welcome to join us. To learn more, go to arcentralchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon. Good morning. Hasn't it been good to come and worship together today so far? It's been really great. Stephen, appreciate your leadership this morning. Let's appreciate uh, your presence here. I'm glad that you're here today, and I'm glad that we've been able to sit. And some of my favorite songs too, Stephen. Uh, so I'm glad that we got to sing some of those things today. A couple of them are taken directly from the Psalms, Psalm 34, and I honestly can't remember what the other one is that uh, that says has those words. Had it not been the Lord who was on our side, we've been studying the Psalms in our encouragers class on. Thursday mornings at 10.30, and if you are available on Thursday morning at 10.30, you're invited to come, and uh, invited to come and just be with us and, and share that time. We're, gonna, we're working through the Psalms, and it's really been a great study, so if you have questions about that, you can talk to uh, Dennis Mitchell or Bill Lamb. I'd talk to Dennis, but you know, it's your choice, um, or Bill. Bill, Bill, Bill talk to you too. And, uh, and, and they can tell you what's going on with that and, and what, all, what all happens in that encouragers class. Hey, let's pray together before we get into stuff today. Holy God, you who are the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, who has revealed yourself in Egypt and at the sea and on the cross of Jesus who has revealed yourself in the empty tomb, which is for us a place of deliverance. Oh God, like Israel gathered at Sinai, we come to, into your presence around the table of Jesus here. We come ready to hear a word from you. A word that, like Israel, might shake us to the core, but we, which we need to hear so that we know what it means to live before you, the one and true and only God. So be present to us, and may our hearts be open to your word. In Jesus we pray. Amen. We are in a series where we are talking about the mission and the story of God, and we're thinking through moments or movements in the story of God, and we've looked at these 10. There are 10 steps that we are beginning to work through, and so far uh, in our series, we've done uh, the first three, and uh, those were creation and corruption and covenants. Um, and I don't have a C word, but today we're going to move on into the Exodus, okay? And I, 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 that's as far as the alliteration that I can do comes, can, can go, okay? And in the Exodus, at the Exodus story, which is all of what happens in this second book of the Bible, in the Exodus story, we have a broad vision of what God is going to do with Israel. It's the story by which God calls the people through a prophet, through a man named Moses. And God calls them into a new reality. 
Now, their old reality was that they had been enslaved in Egypt. And the story basically goes like this. Those enslaved people who had no hope of getting out on their own find themselves rescued by God. God comes and he uh, sends Moses to go to them and tell them that they are going to experience deliverance. They, uh, the, the person that is oppressing them is um, the Egyptian king named Pharaoh. Okay, we don't actually know his real name, um, but we don't know what, what his name is beyond he's king, he's Pharaoh. Okay, he's the emperor. God sends Moses to give a message to Pharaoh that he must let his people go. And Pharaoh resists. God sends plagues upon Egypt, makes some really bad things happen to the Egyptian people um, until Pharaoh finally throws up his, his hands and says, fine, take your people and go. Get out of here. Just get out of here. He, they leave Egypt, they, they travel to the, the Sea of Reeds, the Red Sea. They come to this place, and while they're there, uh, they seem like they have their back up against the wall. The Egyptian army decides, Pharaoh has looked, decides to go back on his, um, his decision to deliver them, and so he chases them with their back up against the sea and the Egyptian army coming towards them. God somehow rescues them again, causing the sea to open up. The people go through the sea. And then uh, while the Egyptian army, army chases them in there, God causes that sea to collapse onto them. And this army, which had been this oppressive force to them, is no more. Israel moves from that to Mount Sinai, where they receive a word about what it's going to mean to be God's people. God gives them a way of ordering their society so that they will treat each other better than the Egyptians treated them. And then he teaches them what it will mean to be a people who are united in his presence as they build a tabernacle, which is going to be a sign of God's presence with them as they move now from the land of Egypt, now they can move into their own land and they can be free. This is the story of the Exodus. And the Exodus story has long nourished God's people. It is, in a lot of ways, the origin story of Israel and the Jewish people. It was the story that defined who they would be as a people, and I mean all of that story, deliverance by the plagues, deliverance at the sea, deliverance indeed from a lot of things that would tear them apart at Mount Sinai, a deliverance that comes by God's command and God's new way of ordering them. That's a deliverance too, isn't it? And then the kind of deliverance that would come, not leave living out on their own, but in face of their own sin, you know the golden calf story. God gives them a new deliverance and says, despite all that, I will give you forgiveness and I will go with you in the presence, in your presence like this tabernacle. That's the story. And that story has long been something that Israel and then God's people in the church afterwards looked back to, to be nourished as a people. It is a feeding story. It's not just an origin story that's kind of an old mythology, doesn't have anything to do with who we are today. It is a nourishing and defining story. That's what the Exodus is. And today, 
Although there are many threads that I would love to pull on in this story. There are so many things that this story has to tell us. And I've about decided after this week that we're going to come back to this in 2023 at some point. We're going to come back, Lord willing, and talk a little bit more about what the, some of what the Exodus has to teach us. But today, I just want to share one word from this story. One message from this story. One echo. And somebody here needs to hear this message of the Exodus. That message is this. God is a deliverer. God is a deliverer. And that word may be the transformative word that you need to take in into your heart and own today. That may be the thing that you need to hear and understand and process and walk out of this building this afternoon, walk out of here learning to live in that truth, in that word, the word that God is a deliverer. Say it with me. God is a deliverer. And whether you're not sure yet, if that's the word that you need to hear, I want to call you back into this Exodus story and realize that there were a lot of people in that story that needed to hear that word that God is a deliverer. It all starts with Moses. When Moses comes to Mount Horeb and he's there, there's a burning bush that he sees. He doesn't know what's going on. There's no voice from the bush at the beginning. The story, the story in Exodus chapter three tells us that he saw this burning bush and he said, well, I need to go over there and see what's going on. Curiosity is a way into God's revelation, my friends. And God says, the Lord says, after he turns aside and after he goes to investigate and see the burning bush, then the Lord calls to him and says, Moses, Moses, take off your shoes. Place your standing is holy ground, right? Moses' curiosity is rewarded with this a conversation with God. And the real message of that conversation might have gone a lot of different ways. We can sum it up in all kinds of different ways. But the one that I want to focus on today is that Moses needed to hear, Moses needed to hear the word that God is what? So Moses, who had himself been present in Egypt in the time of the slavery, and he himself had been a person that tried to give relief to his people. You remember that story? Moses is there. He sees some of his fellow Israelites being mistreated by some of their taskmasters, and he himself tries to intervene. He kills one of those taskmasters, and then the other uh, Israelites, he thinks that they're ready to, to, to be rescued, and they look at him and they say, what are you even getting involved in this for? Moses tucks his tail between his legs, runs out into the wilderness and spends a huge part of his life. Out there, he's 80 years old. He's ready to retire, he thinks. Moses has already bought an RV. Got his map of the great Midian National Parks ready to go. He thought he was free and clear, y'all. He comes to the burning bush and he receives the word. No, Moses, you're not out of the woods yet because you are still one of God's people. 
And the God who knows you isn't just going to let things fly forever. Moses needed to hear the word. God is a deliverer. And when Moses was ready to hear that word, then God could send him down into Egypt. And that's what happens there in chapter three of of Exodus is at the burning bush. After Moses has heard this word, verse seven, follow along with me. The Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people who are in Egypt. I have heard their cry on account of their taskmasters. Indeed, I know their sufferings and I have come down to deliver them from the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey to the country of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites. There's all kinds of ites in here. The cry of the Israelites has now come to me. I have also seen how the Egyptians oppress them. So come, I will send you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He still thinks it's a big idea that he's going. He's not going by himself, man. He said, the Lord said, I will be with you. And this shall be the sign for you that it is I who sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God on this mountain. Moses said to God, if I come to the Israelites and I say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What should I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. He further said, thus you shall say to the Israelites, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, thus you shall say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is my title for all generations. Go assemble the elders of Israel and say to them, the Lord, the God of your ancestors, this God of Abraham, of Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me saying, I have given heed to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. I declare that I will bring you up out of the misery of Egypt. And Israel needed to hear that word, right? That God has not abandoned you there into your slavery. God is, God is a deliverer. And God stands ready to deliver you in this moment and Israel needed after a long time languishing in slavery. Israel needed to hear that their God was a deliverer. And they weren't the only ones that needed to hear it either, right? Because part of the message Part of the message was not just for Moses and it was not just for the Israelites. But this message about who God was, it was just as important of a word for Pharaoh too. The oppressive hand needed to hear the word. God is a deliverer. And that word, which was good news to Israel, wouldn't be good news to Pharaoh, would it? But you know what? He needed to hear that word too. 
God sent Moses not just with a word for Israel, but with a word for Israel's oppressor too, saying that the God that is the God of Israel will no longer allow this to stand. He will no longer allow the injustice and the oppression to go on unendingly. God is coming to put a stop to this. And the reason he is, is because that's who God is. God is a deliverer. Let Pharaoh beware. Sometimes when we speak about the message of the gospel and the deliverance that it brings, we need to recognize that the gospel that is the good news of God can't be received by, as good news for those who want to hold on to their slaves. It can't be received as good news for those who insist on chasing Israel into the sea. Now, I think there was the possibility of a good of a of a gospel word of a good news word for Pharaoh, right? After all, what had God told Israel? What had God told Abraham way back when that I'm sending you to be a, a blessing for the nations, but those that curse you they're going to be cursed. We said in class this morning in the uh, in what we call in that class, the 30s and 20s were all together today. I don't know what they were doing together. 30s just go wherever they want. They don't care, you know. Give them a clap. They're going to wander around. They're like Israel in the desert, okay? In Exodus chapter 12, after the last plague, the death of the firstborn, when Pharaoh finally says, you know, I'm sending you out. I will let you go, okay? There is this absolutely tragic word that comes there. He says, go worship the Lord as you said. And this is Exodus 12, verse 32. Take your flocks and your herds as you said and be gone. And then he says this, and bring a blessing on me too. Isn't that something? That Pharaoh, at the end, after he's already had to endure all the plagues, the last thing he says as Israel is going out the door, he says, wait, can you bless me too? But it's too late for Pharaoh to receive that blessing, isn't it? The time for him to receive the blessing that Israel surely had to give him was at the beginning of the story when he noticed that Israel was growing and becoming strong and mighty. And maybe they could have been strong and mighty for him if, if Pharaoh hadn't been so obsessed with his fear and his need to take these people and make them a threat and make, make sure that he could oppress them to hurt them, right? I mean, after all, isn't the story that comes right before this, isn't the story of how Israel in Egypt, how the reason, why were they there in the first place? They were there because God used Joseph to bless Egypt to start with, right? And Israel could have been a blessing to Egypt had it not been for the fear of Pharaoh. But by this time in the story, when he is so obsessed with his fear, obsessed with his power, and so entrenched in the way that he will use his power to oppress Israel, Pharaoh, Pharaoh couldn't receive the blessing. And so he had to receive a different word instead, right? And the word that Pharaoh had to hear was that God is a deliverer. And he heard that word in Egypt, but he couldn't hear it. 
And so he met his end in the sea. Where God, God's people would sing, sing over those flat waters that were covering the Egyptian army. And they would sing, our God is a deliverer. You know, not just Moses and the people, even Pharaoh, there's another crowd of people that needed to hear that God was a deliverer, that the God of the Israelites was a deliverer. Have you ever noticed that at the end of that story, and we're, we're still in Exodus chapter 12, when they are leaving the people, when they are leaving Israel, okay, that it's not just Israel that leads on their own, but it says that a mixed crowd went up with them. That's Exodus chapter 12 in verse 38. A mixed crowd also went up with them and livestock in great numbers, both flocks and herds. You may have pictured the Exodus as only being about those Israelites, only being about uh, those Hebrews that were leaving. But did you know there were a lot of people that were there that weren't by birth Israelites, but here became part of the people of God. It was crazy enough, but it was a diverse crowd that left Egypt because some people were there who saw the plagues and they saw the oppression and they saw that God was intervening in the world of Pharaoh and the Israelites. And they had to decide, are we going to stay here in Egypt with Pharaoh? Or are we going to go with this people and their God? And they recognized that the Israelites who were leaving under the hand of the Lord, that they were a people who had a God and they wanted to go with that people because they recognized that that God was a deliverer. So it wasn't just Pharaoh and Moses in Israel. It was also Israel's neighbors in Egypt. And some of them needed to hear that word, that God is what? God is a deliverer. That's right. It's so right. They needed to hear that word that God is a deliverer. And you know what? My friends, I am convinced that we still need to hear that word too. That we still need to recognize that our God is a deliverer. And we must say, though, that for us in 2022, that for some of us, we may too easily decide where we are in this story. And we may be thinking, well, I need to hear that God is a deliverer just like Moses. And that might be true. Or we may be thinking, I need to hear that God is a deliverer just like those enslaved Israelites did. And that might be true. But it also might be true that we need to hear the word that God is a deliverer because the character in the story that represents us best isn't the enslaved Israelite. It might be Pharaoh that represents us in the story. And we ought to at least read it with the possibility that we are not the oppressed but that we are the ones holding on to the reins of power. 
And if that is the case, we need to recognize, recognize that God is a deliverer. Like the New Testament repeats often, that we must humble ourselves before the mighty hand of God and leave it to God to exalt us because sometimes the humble are exalted, but those who are already on the high seats are being tossed down off of their thrones. So I don't know where it is that you see yourself in this story. But God has a word. God has a word for the person who is enslaved by their addictions. This story has a word for those who feel the oppressive effect of sin in their life that they cannot seem to escape from. And if that's you this morning, I want you to know that God is a deliverer. There are people who need to hear the word because in their life, they feel like they are chasing success all the time, like they're on a treadmill that's running just a little bit too fast and they're tired and they don't feel like they're gonna make it on their own and they need to hear the word that God, God is deliverer. There are people, maybe, maybe even people here who feel like the waters are all around them. They feel themselves surrounded by the pressures of life, just like they were being crushed between the Egyptian army and the sea. And if that's where you feel, you just in that place where you're feeling the constant sense of pressure and threat, then I want you to hear the gospel word that is that God is a deliverer. There are also people because they may not be buried in a tomb like King Tut. And they may not feel like they sit on a throne. But there are lots of pharaohs in the world that find a way of oppressing the people in their orbit. There are pharaohs who may treat everybody else in the world like absolute gold. But they treat the people in their house like they are hard taskmasters and they can do whatever they want. And those pharaohs who live by abuse and take out their fear and their powerlessness on other people need to hear the word that God is a deliverer and he will not stand for it. There are people who somehow may not have a high throne. They may not be the ruler of one of the greatest uh, empires in the world. They're just a manager at the 7-Eleven. And they're just in charge of people's schedules and who gets time and who doesn't and who gets told they can get off and when, when they can get off. But they rule on that little throne as if they were Pharaoh himself in all his glory. And they need to hear the word that God is a deliverer. There are all kinds of little lords 
Some of them sit on the throne at the PTA. Some of them are on the school board. Some of them run businesses. Some of them just run social circles. Your lunch table, teenager, might be a little Pharaoh sitting on the end using their oppressive bricks of all the gossip, knowing who what the T is. I'll tell you the T. T is God's a deliverer. And if you're in a place where you use your power over other people to make yourself high and mighty while tearing other people down, you need to hear the word that God is on the side of the people underneath. You need to hear the word that God is a deliverer. Israel would go from Egypt. They would go to Mount Sinai. They would have to stand before the God that delivered them. He would remind them of what it meant to treat the people over whom they would find themselves having power. You too were slaves in Egypt. So be careful with the immigrant that comes in your midst, he would tell them. Be people who are working for you in your fields and make sure that you give them the same Sabbath that you give yourself. Because Israel needed to know that part of their danger was that they would walk out of Egypt and they would walk into the promised land and there they would become Pharaohs themselves. And they needed to know that the word that they had received of God's deliverance wasn't just for the time of their enslavement. It was also for the time of their empowerment. God would still be, God always will be a deliverer. And all that to say, that I don't know where you find yourself in that story today. I don't know if you find yourself sitting on a throne or if you find yourselves with your knees in the dirt building Pharaoh's palace with the bricks of your own hands. Some of us are a little bit of both sometimes, aren't we? Sometimes we feel like we're the Israelites and sometimes we have to recognize that we're the pharaohs. Sometimes our seats change and sometimes we're the people that need deliverance and sometimes we're the people that are the ones who are oppressing somebody else. We don't want to hear it. Pharaoh didn't want to hear it either. So our position may change in the story. But you know what doesn't change? What God is doesn't change. And no matter where we find ourselves in the story, we should always know the reality that God is a deliverer. So whether your response today to that word is one of repentance that says, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to do better by the people who are in my orbit. And I'm going to treat them with the respect that God would have me treat them with. I'm going to have to treat them with the dignity that they deserve as part of God's good creation, as part of God's people. 
Your response may be one of repentance. Or your response may be as someone who has been enslaved for so long that you have almost given up saying anything about it. Your response may be crying out to God like Israel does at the beginning of the story. Crying out to God, saying, God, will you save me? God, will you give me the deliverance I need? And if that's where you are today, I want you to hear that the answer from God is yes. Because our God, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the God of Egypt and Moses and the God who is represented to us in Jesus, who comes and meets us in Jesus, that God, God is what? God is a deliverer. So if you have need today, please come while I stand and sing.